gospel unto Abraham saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. Glory to God. In you as a person or the same way you have believed, the same way shall all nations be blessed. How was Abraham blessed? He believed. So the faith of Abraham for righteousness was a pattern for all those that will believe without works. Are we in the building? It was a pattern for all those that will believe without works. Alright? Look at verse 9 of Galatians chapter 3. Verse 9. So then, they which be of faith. Glory to God. They which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Are you of faith? Okay, they are blessed with faithful Abraham. Pay attention. So, the discussion there is not being Abraham's son. The, the discussion there is a discussion of faith just like Abraham. You are not righteous because you are born a Jew. You are righteous because you believe just like Abraham believed. So it is not they that are Jews that are blessed. But they that be of faith. Are you in the building? They that be of faith. The same are blessed with faithful Abraham. Pay attention. So faith here will be faith in the gospel. Faith here will be faith in the gospel. Look at that John chapter 8 again. And while we're going there, remember, whatever Abraham believed, he saw it as an event that was yet to happen in his time. Whatever Abraham believed, he saw it ahead of time as an event that was going to happen. <clears throat> Look at John 8.39. John chapter 8 verse 39 they answered and said unto him abraham is our father jesus saith unto them if you were abraham's children you will do the works of abraham if you were abraham's children you will do the works question what do you mean by the works of abraham what do you mean by the works of Abraham? Look at John 8, 45. John chapter 8, verse 45. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not, 46. <clears throat> Which of you convinced me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? So what were the works of Abraham? The works of Abraham was to believe. Was to believe. The works of Abraham was faith in Christ. Faith in Christ. So he now said, Abraham rejoiced to see my days. He saw it and was glad. Glory to God. He saw it and was glad. Look at Romans chapter 4 verse 12. Romans chapter 4 verse number 12. 
and the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only but who also walk in the steps in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham which he had being yet uncircumcised look at that word steps that word steps is the word stonchio in the Greek which is singular so it's not steps it is the step of that faith of Abraham the step of that faith of Abraham look at me Romans chapter 4 verse number 1 Romans chapter 4 verse number 1 what shall we say then that Abraham our father as pertaining to the flesh had found look at verse 3 <clears throat> Romans 4 verse number 3 for what saith the scripture Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness so the faith of Abraham was the discussion the discussion of Romans chapter 4 and Galatians chapter 3 was about the faith of Abraham not necessarily his personality go back to Galatians chapter 3 verse 8 again Galatians chapter 3 verse 8 and the scripture foreseeing that God will justify the hidden through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham saying in thee shall all nations be blessed in thee shall all nations be blessed now let me ask you a few questions look up to me everybody in what shall all nations be blessed? In his faith. That's number one. In his faith. Number one. In the faith of Abraham shall all nations be blessed. Number two. In the gospel that he preached. Number one. In the faith. Number two. In the gospel that he preached. Shall all nations of the earth be blessed. So let's see what the discussion was now. What the discussion was. Galatians chapter 3 verse number 10. Galatians chapter 3 verse number 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the cause. For it is written, cause is everyone that continueth not in all things. Which are written in the book of the law to do them next verse 11 but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God it is evident for the just shall live by faith verse 12 and the law is not of faith the man that doeth them shall live in them next verse 13 Christ hath redeemed us from the cause of the law be made a cause for us for it is written cause is everyone that hangeth on a tree verse 14 that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith that we might receive 
not cars and houses that we might receive not properties and money but that we might receive the promise of the spirit all right not material things look at that galatians chapter 3 verse 29 galatians chapter 3 verse 29 and if you be christ's then are ye abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise and heirs according to the promise <clears throat> look at galatians chapter 4 verse 5 heirs according to the promise not in material to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons that we might receive the adoption of sons verse 6 glory to god and because you are sons God has set forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Crying, Abba, Father. Now, so he just continues the discourse. Abraham foresaw the giving of the spirit and he preached it ahead of time. And when you believe that promise of God, you are justified justified by faith then in the old testament they now await the promised spirit he says that it is to all who believe not just abraham all who believe now let's go to our text hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 hebrews chapter 6 verse number 12 that you be not slothful, but followers. Glory to God. That you be not slothful, but followers of them. Who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Who through faith and patience inherited the promise. When you say faith and patience. Is faith which is patience is not two things because whatever the promise was when the old testament saints believed it they waited for it okay so their faith is expressed in their patience faith which is patience all right what was their faith again hebrews 11 1 substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen so he now says in hebrews 6 12 put it up for me hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 that you be not slothful but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise it's like obtain the word inherit it is a greek word Chloronomio, chloronomio, K-L, for those writing notes, K-L-R-O-N-O-M-E-O, -O -O, chloronomio, which means to obtain something. So it means something meant for you. You take hold of it. Who through faith and patience took hold of what was meant for them. 
Kloronomio. Alright? Now, look at Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14. Seeing then that we are the great high priest that is passing in the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Now question, was Abraham justified by faith? Yes. Did he receive the promise or did he wait for it? He waited for it. That is his faith. So it can be called patience. Because he had the substance of things not seen. The substance of things not seen. They did not have the promise manifest. But they believed in the promise. So if you go back to Abraham's life and you see him receive the promise at any point, you missed it. Because they never received the promise. They waited for it. So the promise cannot be houses. The promise cannot be cattle. Because what they believed for, they never saw. They waited for it till they died. But Abraham had cattle, houses, lands. He had it. So that means the promise is what they never saw. It's what they hoped for. It's what they patiently waited for till they died and never had it. Am I communicating at all? So the promise of God to Abraham couldn't have been material. Please pay attention. It couldn't have been material. It was what they never received. Alright? Now, stay with me. Because their faith was patience. Today, our faith is not patience. Our faith is reality. What they waited for and never saw is where we started from. We today, we have received what they waited for in the person of Jesus Christ. Can I have a powerful amen? Alright, now, let's explore a little bit. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 1. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 1. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the most high God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. Look at the next verse. Verse 2. To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. He gave, he didn't pay. He gave, he didn't pay. He gave a tenth part of all. First, being by interpretation, king of righteousness. And after that, also, king of Jerusalem or king of Salem, which is king of peace. Look at verse 4. <clears throat> now consider how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tent of the spoils. He gave him a tent. Look at verse 6. Look at verse 6. <clears throat> but he whose descent is not counted from them received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that had the promises. He blessed him that had the promises. Alright? The word promises in plural is not like that in the Greek. In the Greek it is singular. Blessed him that had the promise. Look at verse 7. Verse 7. 
Abraham and priesthood. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. Look at Hebrews chapter 2 verse 16 now. Talking of Jesus. Hebrews 2 16. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels. But he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wow. Look at Hebrews 11 verse 8. Talking of Jesus. Hebrews 11 verse 8. By faith Abraham when he was called to go out into a place which he should afterward receive for an inheritance obeyed and he went out not knowing whither he went next verse by faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob the heirs with him of the same promise talking of christ look at verse 10 of hebrews 11 <clears throat> for he looked for a city the word city is the word police in the greek p-o-l-i-s he looked for a city the word police means a people or inhabitants so he looked for a people or inhabitants which had foundations whose builder and maker is god now, was God the founder of Canaan? No. So what Abraham was looking for was not Canaan. Because Abraham was looking for inhabitants whose builder and maker, whose founder was God. So it couldn't be Canaan. That's why when he got to Canaan, he was disappointed. He kept looking till he died. Because what he was looking for was not physical. It was not material. He was looking for inhabitants or he was looking for a people. Look at that Hebrews chapter 11 verse 11 to 13. <clears throat> Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. And was delivered of a child when she was past age. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. Verse 12. Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude. And as the sand, go back to verse 12, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. Verse 13 now. These all died in faith not having received the promises but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth now can these promises or promise be seen with anything they had in genesis can this promise be seen with anything they had in Genesis? No. Remember their faith? Substance of things hoped for. Evidence of things not seen. So this promise couldn't have been seen with anything physical that they had in the book of Genesis. So now he goes further to explain to us in Hebrews eleven fourteen to 16. Hebrews 11 14 to 16. For they that say such things 
declare plainly that they seek a country and truly if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out they might have had opportunity to have returned but now they desire a better country that is an heavenly wherefore god is not ashamed to be called their god for he hath prepared for them a city he had prepared for them a police a city or a country or a people or an inhabitant please pay attention an inhabitant now look at verse 7 carefully i mean 17 carefully hebrews eleven seventeen. by faith abraham when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises, offered up his only begotten son. Wow. He offered up, now question, pay attention. The word tried, by faith when he was tried, the word tried is the Greek word pirasmos. P-I, for those making notes, P-I-R-A-S-M-O-S. P-I-R-A-S-M-O-S. Pirasmos. Tested. We are never told who tested him, but he was tested question what promise did he receive what promise did abraham receive that god will offer up his only begotten son who was offered isaac or christ christ look at verse 18 hebrews 11:18 of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Wow. In Isaac, not Isaac. In Isaac. So, Abraham's actions were just like Noah's actions. An antitupos. A N T I. T-U-P-O-S Antitupos or a communication using a figure of speech Antitupos Abraham in carrying Isaac to Mount Moriah was using a figure of speech to communicate what he saw ahead of time an Antitupos he was communicating in a figurative expression what God said and what God will do. Just like Noah prepared an ark and the ark was in the message. The same way Abraham offered up Isaac and Isaac was in the message. It was just a teaching or an explanation of what God will do in Christ. 
So he said, look at verse 19 of Hebrews 11. You will like this. <clears throat> Accounting that God was able to raise him up. Even from the dead, from whence also he received him where? In a figure, antitupos. In a figure. The word accounting is the Greek word logizomai. Logizomai. L-O-G-I-Z-O-M-A-I. Logizomai. Now, who was he accounting that God will raise from the dead? Isaac or Jesus? Jesus Christ. Alright, now. Who did he receive? Who did Abraham receive in a figure? Isaac or Christ? Christ. The word figure is the word parabole or a comparison. A parable like a parable. So what happened on Mount Moriah was a parable. When he took up Isaac to Mount Moriah, what you saw there happening in Mount Moriah was a parable or a figure or a mode of communicating what Abraham saw and what Abraham believed. He was communicating or teaching Isaac what God's promise was. Please stay with me. So, question. What was the promise? That God will raise Jesus from the dead. Who did Abraham receive in a figure? Christ. Alright? Now. The word parabole or figure is like you are using a short story to explain a reality. A short story. God didn't need Isaac. God didn't need anybody. Abraham already said on the way to Mount Moriah... When Isaac said, Father, I see the wood, I see the fire. Where is the lamb? Abraham already said, the Lord shall provide himself. So God didn't need Isaac. God didn't need anybody. But in order for Isaac to understand what Abraham has seen, Abraham took Isaac and communicated to Isaac in a parable the resurrection of Christ in that event. Am I communicating at all? Because God didn't need anybody. After all, God will provide himself. So, God will offer up himself in Christ. A demonstration of that truth was how Abraham took Isaac to Mount Moriah. Are we in the building? How Abraham took Isaac to Mount Moriah. You could get lost in the activity. You can get carried away by the activity and miss the message. On Mount Moriah, when Isaac asked the question, he told the servants on the way, I and the young lad shall go yonder to worship and we shall come back. Isaac was not supposed to go and die. It was Isaac that was being taught. He was communicating to Isaac as a prophet what he saw in a medium of communication 
that Isaac might understand. Are we in the building here? Yeah. As a prophet. Remember what God said of Abraham. God said of Abraham in Genesis. I know him that he will teach his children. So that teaching of his children was what Abraham was doing in a figure of speech showing Isaac the resurrection on Mount Moriah. I don't know if I'm teaching here. Please follow me. This is very important. So it was an antitupos or using a short story to explain a reality. Now, he told the servant, we shall come back after worship. He, he, so obviously, Abraham was just training Isaac. So he takes Isaac up to Mount Moriah and he is teaching Isaac. The Lord shall provide himself. You are not the one that will die. But let us prove it. Isaac, boom, lie down. Takes the knife. Isaac, come down. Look there. The Lord has provided. So what I'm doing with you now is what will happen in the future for the redemption of mankind. Oh, glory to God. I tell you, I feel like running all over this building. If you're catching the flow, shout, I hear, I hear. So God himself will provide a lamb. That was what Abraham believed. And that is why he was blessed. So now he is communicating his secret to Isaac. God himself will. And then they saw an animal. And then he calls that place Jireh. The Lord sees. Jehovah Jireh. Used for provision and providence. To provide before. The Lord has provided before time. Now, on Mount Moriah, who saw Abraham, Isaac, or God? Who saw the provision? Abraham and Isaac. They saw the provision by what Abraham did. And in seeing that provision, Abraham communicated the gospel to Isaac. Are we teaching here? Abraham communicated the gospel of the resurrection of Christ to Isaac in an antitupos. Now, that God will justify the hidden through faith. Abraham foresaw that and he communicated the same to his son Isaac. Whatever he said, God will provide. He did not have it in his hands. Okay? So it's not car or house or money. Because if it was car or house or money, Abraham had all that. So because it was none of those, it has to be the sacrifice of Jesus for our sins. Now look at Hebrews chapter 6. But before I get there, pay attention. We are looking at the integrity of God's word. Remember that the church is a place for Bible studies. Where you learn the word. Someone says, where is the application? <laughs> where is the application? Friends, 
The application of the word is in the word. We can't teach you the word and then use commerce and use business to show you the application of the word. No. We can't teach you the word of God and use natural things to show you the application. The application of the word we are teaching you is in the world. You see the application of the word. What's the first application here? You will never see Abraham's blessing again as material. Because now you have seen what the blessing is. And the application is that you too, you have believed you are blessed. Are we in the building here? That's the application. Just like Abraham believed and it was credited to him for righteousness, I also, I believe in the resurrection. Therefore, I am the righteousness of God by faith devoid of works. That's the application of that word. Am I teaching good here? Now, <clears throat> because you cannot get a truth out of a lie. You cannot get a truth out of a lie. Abraham's blessedness with the faith he had in the promise. So God's promise was not what Abraham already had. God's promise is what Christ will do. Remember, we're examining God's integrity. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. My goodness. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. That you be not slothful, but followers of them, who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Remember, it is faith which is patience. Look at verse 13 now. Mm, verse 13. For when God made promise to Abraham, God did not make promise with Abraham. God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater. He swore by himself. He swore by himself. Now, the word to swear there means to make a commitment or to give a guarantee. To swear means to make a commitment or to give a guarantee. For lack of words, the writer of Hebrews says, because he could swear by no greater. That is, he is not going to ask someone to swear for him. He swore by himself. That is, whatever God told Abraham is what God himself will do. If he sends an angel, it is not him. If he uses words, it is not him. He has to self-perform. God has to self-perform. What he has said. So he said... He swore by himself. Saying. Uh, glory to God. The integrity of God's word. 
He saw when he made promise to Abraham because he could swear by none greater for that promise he made he saw by himself saying give me verse 14 of Hebrews chapter 6 saying surely blessing I will bless thee multiplying I will multiply thee wow when did Abraham obtain the promise? In his lifetime or in the resurrection? Resurrection of Christ. Look at verse 15 now. 15. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Next verse, 16. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. To them what? An end of all strife. Look at the next verse. We are in God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise. The immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. Confirmed it by an oath. 18 that by two immutable things by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us now when he said things in verse 17 Look at verse 17 again. We are in God willing more abundantly to show to the heirs of promise. The immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. Alright? Now, the word things there is immaterial words or actions. Things. Huh? Actions. Actions. Alright? There is a word I like you to write down. A word I, write, I like you to write down. Ametathetos. Ametathetos. A-M-E-T-A A-M-E T-A T-H E-T-O-S Alf and Metathene to change. Alf Metathenai meaning no change of position. Immutability. Amethatetos is the Greek word. Amethatetos. That is, God cannot change his position. The immutability of his counsel. Amethatetos. Or alf, where the word amethatetos is taken from. Alf metatenai. To change. Alf means no change of position. Why? Two things. Number one, he gave a promise. That's why he can't change. That's why it is immutable. He gave a promise. Number two, he made a self-commitment to guarantee it. Two things. Number one, he gave a promise. Number two, he made a self-commitment to guarantee it. 
I have said it. I will do it. That's what those two things. Number one, I have said it. Number two, I will do it. He could swear by no greater. This is a self-fulfilling act. Look at verse 19 and 20 of Hebrews 11. I mean Hebrews chapter 6. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into death within the veil. 20. Whither the forerunner is for us entered. Even Jesus made an high priest, made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The word forerunner is someone who goes ahead to make it come to pass. Jesus is the forerunner, the one who goes ahead to make what promise God made come to pass. You didn't hear that. Jesus is the forerunner or the one who goes ahead to see to it that the promise that God made comes to pass. Are you following now? Right. Now. So. In Christ. Is the promise of God. And that is why the word cannot fail. In Christ is the promise of God. And Christ is the forerunner. Who goes ahead to ensure that what God said comes to pass. So, kabato meketea. That is why the word cannot fail. That is the integrity. Or the integrity of God or the integrity of God's word is in Christ. That is to say, what Christ did puts a seal of finality. Are you in the building? What Christ did puts a seal of finality on all that God has ever said. So Christ is the integrity of God's word. Yeah. What Christ did is the seal of finality on all that God ever said. And Abraham, in believing God, believed Christ. So, in the resurrection of Christ, is God's integrity affirmed? In the resurrection of Christ, is God's integrity affirmed? Because it wasn't just one of those events. That was the event. The resurrection of Christ was the event. It was not one of those events. That was the event. So the resurrection of Christ is the wholesale of all that God will ever do. That is the wholesale of what God will do. If you want to see the integrity of God, look at what he did to Jesus. If you want to have a look at God's integrity, then look at what God did to Jesus. He who speared not his son, 
but gave him up for us all. Kabayata. How shall he not also with him freely give us all things? Glory to God forevermore. I tell you, I feel, I feel like running all over this building. Woo! Glory to God. So God came to the world not to kill. He came to die. God never kills. Instead of killing, he dies for his killers. God's character. God's integrity. God can never kill. Why? Christ. The seal of God's integrity. When you see Christ, what Christ never does, God will never do. Because Christ is the integrity of God's word. Are you in the building? Now, so when we found his integrity there, the integrity of God will be in the death of Christ and his resurrection. That's where we find God's integrity. That's where we find God's reliability. From there we know his character. From the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ for sinners, we know God's character. He came not to be ministered to, but to minister and give his life a ransom for many. While we were yet God's enemies, he didn't kill us. While we were yet God's enemies, he didn't pray for us to fall and die. While we were yet God's enemies, he didn't give us paralysis. God commendeth his love toward us. In that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died. That is the character. That is the integrity, Mayota Bagada, that is the reliability of God's word. Am I teaching good tonight? Yeah, that is the reliability of God's word. Please stay with me. That is where we know his character. I know what I can believe. And from Christ, I know what I can never believe about God. When I look at God's integrity, I know what God can do. And I know what God cannot do. Christ is God's integrity. So Christ defines God's reliability. He cannot kill. He has never killed. He can never kill. Why? Christ is his integrity. Christ is the seal. Are you in the building here? So I know why the word cannot fail. I know why the word of God cannot fail. Because the word of God is already fulfilled. You didn't hear that. I know why the word of God can never fail. Because the word of God will not be fulfilled. It has already been fulfilled. So based on the word of God, promised from Genesis, fulfilled in the resurrection, God cannot lie. Bazo palataba. Bazo palataba. Bazo palataba. So, what is fulfilled does not work. What is fulfilled does not work. You know why? It has already worked. So, God's word is not going to work. God's word has already worked. Am I talking to somebody here? Yeah. 
God's word is not going to work. God's word has already worked. What we have is the receipt of performance. You didn't hear that. What we have is the receipt of performance. Two immutable things. It's impossible for God to lie. So whatever is in that resurrection can never fail. Whatever is in that resurrection can never fail. Why? Because it has not failed. And we will explore that on Sunday. So the integrity of his word, whatever we find in it is ours. Whatever we find in the integrity of God's word will not become ours. It will not become ours. Whatever we find in the integrity of God's word will not become ours. Why? It is already ours. Listen, God will not do. Why? Because he has already done forever, O oh God, thy word. Forever, O oh God. Thy word is settled where? In heaven. Now. The integrity of his word is that whatever we find in it is already ours. Look at Acts 13, 32. I'm rounding up. Are you blessed tonight? Acts chapter 13, verse 32. And we declare unto you glad tidings. How that? The promise which was made unto the fathers. Keada, next verse. God will fulfill. Oh yeah. He will not do. He has already. God hath fulfilled the same unto us, your children. In that integrity, he hath raised up Jesus again, as it is also written in the second psalm, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. The epistles, the gospel, the written word, listen carefully, the epistles, the gospel, the written word is the proof that it has happened. The epistles, the gospel, the written word is the proof that it has happened. So we need to go and look at what happened. Bible study is going into the scripture to look at what has already happened. Bible study is not finding out what will happen. Bible study is unveiling what has already happened by virtue of the resurrection of Christ. Are you still in the building here? Yes. So we need to go and look at what happened or what is mine in that promise. So the word doesn't work. The word has worked. Kayadaba, kayadaba. It was to work for Abraham. He patiently waited. Now it has worked. Somebody shout the word has worked. Can I hear shout it very loud? The word has worked. So the integrity of God has been affirmed. In that he raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Whatever we don't see him do in Christ. He never promised and he never uttered. Whatever we don't see God do in Christ, 
God never promised it and God has never uttered it. I want to repeat again. Whatever we do not see God do in Christ, he has never promised it and he has never uttered it. Whatever we see him promise and whatever we see him utter, he fulfilled it in Christ. Whatever we see God promise, whatever we see God utter, he fulfilled in Christ. So, the Old Testament men speak many words, but the integrity of God is only found in the things spoken about Christ. The Old Testament men speak many words, but the integrity of God is only found in the things that are spoken about Christ. The word has worked. The word has worked. No wonder brother Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 14. Pay attention. 1 Corinthians 15 14. I'm telling you I'm enjoying this. 1 Corinthians. And if Christ be not risen. Then is our preaching vain. And your faith is also vain. Because the integrity is in the resurrection. Look at verse 17. 1 Corinthians 15 17. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, you are yet in your sins. Somebody shout, I hear you. Stand on your feet and say with me very loud, I am what the word says I am. I have what the word says I have. I can do what the word says I can do. Now shout it very loud. God's word will not work. It has already worked. I didn't hear a powerful amen. So the faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of God. You didn't hear that? I want to pray. The faithfulness of God. Is not what you will do tomorrow. The faithfulness of God. Is what not, it's not what God will do next week. The faithfulness of God is what he has done. He is faithful today because it has been proven already. We explore that from Sunday first service. He is faithful not because of what he will do. He is faithful because of what he has done. Hallelujah. Yes. He is faithful. So he's not, he has promised he will never fail. I will hold on him. No, 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 no. No, no, no. That's Old Testament. That's Old Testament. Right now, he has not promised. His promise has been fulfilled. And his faithfulness was expressed when Jesus rose from the dead. Hallelujah. And if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in your mortal body, that same spirit shall quicken your mortal bodies. Somebody shout hallelujah. Father, I pray for everybody in this building under the sound of my voice tonight, online and in our campuses and our centers on radio, wherever people are connected to this service tonight, revelation knowledge like never before. The revelation of Jesus grows big on your inside until nothing else matters. Sick bodies be healed. Barriers be terminated. Obstacles be totally humiliated. Bodies be healed. Where you need a miracle, receive a miracle. In the name of Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord, for confirming your word with signs, wonders, and miracles in the hearts of your people tonight. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that amen on a note of finality. Listen very carefully. I'm about to close and I'm about to take your offerings. But before I take your offerings, this is for the benefit of those in Aquaibom State, on radio, wherever you're hearing the sound of my voice. And you want to say, Dr. Damina, I want a Bible study in my house. Because listen, friends, many people have asked us to start a Bible study in their homes so that they and their families can sit together and study under my supervision. And some people want a Bible study in their neighborhood so that they and their neighbors can rally around and study the Bible together. There's nothing like studying the Bible with other people. Because as you study together, you ask yourselves questions. At the end of the study, you answer questions and you pray for one another. So wherever you are in a Bomb state, you want a Bible study started for you in your home, there's a phone number to call. If you call the number, we will reach out to you and train you and help you start a Bible study center that I personally will supervise. The number is 070-4777-777-0616. I repeat, 070-4777-0616. If you call that number right now, somebody is waiting to pray with you. In a few minutes, I'll be joining Mr. Michael Bush. We'll be answering your questions and reading your mails and responding to all the things you've asked us. And it's going to be another exciting time, you know, until, until about 8 o'clock GMT plus 1. Grab your offerings tonight. Let's give an honor Christ. Let's give us our responsibility towards the gospel. And let's give us an honor to the word of God and to the finished work of Christ. I want to thank all partners and friends of this ministry who have continuously given to support what we do, support the vision, support the mandate. And I'm telling you, friends, we're making impact all over the world together through the advancement of the gospel and through your givings and generosity. Thank you again for being generous towards the work of God. Lift up your offerings tonight, partnership contributions, whatever you want to give to support what we do as a ministry. Father, we pray for everybody online, on television, those listening on radio, and those watching on, on, on TV. We ask that everyone giving tonight in the house centers and campuses, or even in this building, that our offerings are a sweet smell before you. And we thank you that our offerings are a vehicle of getting the gospel to the people for whom Jesus died. So I decree for everybody giving, your needs are met according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer says that amen on a note of finality. Glory! Now listen, you don't want to miss what I'm going to be preaching on Sunday. First service, 8 a.m. GMT plus 1. Second service, 11 a.m. GMT plus 1. As we continue to explore the integrity of God's word. All of you online, we're going to be connecting with Mr. Michael Bush. Those of you on radio, Kingdom Life Network. You don't want to go away. You want to stay and invite more people to be part of the next segment of this broadcast. It's going to be an exciting time as we continue to study the word of his grace. And until we see you on the other side of the studio, we love you. Let's celebrate viewers around the world for being a part of this service tonight. Glory! 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 Amen! Somebody say... For these, all the messages and books by Dr. Abel Damina, please call plus 234-806-800-9939 or email powercityoffice at gmail.com. 
Thank you for joining us. This is the part two, the question and answer segment. And any moment now, we actually will set sail, just waiting for Papa to get onto the studio upstairs here. The bank details, just in case you want to do your offering, just as the rest of the world has um, done. The account name is Power City International. The banks, one, FCMB, 2982682028. Two, Zenith, 10126591212. And UBA, 1392946465. So you could just quickly go to do that. As we continue with the opening ceremonies, let me quickly go on Facebook. Oh, my friend, Tangi Freedom is there. Johnson Enyoguru is also there. I can see Don Papsi. I can see Abbas Regent. And uh, <laughs> yes, Abbas Regent says, uh, Monsieur Bush. Uh, bienvenue, Monsieur. Merci, uh, Abbas. And it goes on. Uh, Omar Victor is also watching. I gave Victor, uh, Kevin Victor. Los Cruz is also watching. Fatina Halidi is watching. Evelyn Mutoni and being Jering Mwangi. I'd like to also thank you, Scared Vast uh, Vayoska Agbo, Eno Equa, Abbas Regent again, Precious Christos, Valerie Nke, and Harrison Kufre Christ. And the bit goes on on Facebook Live. Quite excited to be here in Uyu, Nigeria. And we're just preparing the grounds to set cell. When Papa comes, we take this to the limits at 8 p.m. to the minute. Yes. So if you are set, I am. Can we just take this away for 60 seconds? When you come back, Papa, hopefully, should be here. So we are set to go. By the way, my name is Michael Bush, uh, the producer of the program, Pastor I.J. Aquera, and the rest of the crew here in the 60 Days of Glory studios in Uyo, Nigeria, all join me. Everyone joins me to welcome our Papa, and that is um, Professor of the Bible, Dr. Abel Damina. Honorable sir, Mr. Bush. <laughs> Papa, it's so nice to see Good you. Good to be with you. We you, you have we so much together, energy. We were together just... Yes. No, but man, you've been on radio for how many hours today? I don't know, you know. I don't know how you are able to also... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just keep pushing, Papa. Uh, it's nice to come here. Nice to Papa, I can you. tell you for free. I look... I In 27 years, I don't know when I looked forward to being on air, like um, about 60 days of glory. I just look forward to these last oh two my, hours. Oh, and, my goodness. I'm so, so, so thankful. I that enjoy the time myself. Absolutely. It's, it's uh, yeah. yeah. So um, the producer tells me that both of us slept in South Africa. Yes, night. I think so. Okay. I think Papa, we were, but how would we sleep somewhere and the producer who did not sleep they would know that that's where we slept because he's, he's and then we are, ourselves would know we don't remember it's, a, it's, a, it's a serious something <laughs> <laughs> okay papa let's start from south africa because that's what our producer says okay so good evening uh, papa that's dr abel damina and mr bush i'm writing from val in south africa west cannot express how much my life has been transformed by your ministry papa i'm so excited to be part of this ministry since day one of this program i've witnessed miracles of religious veil being lifted from my friends whom we watch together 
However, I need your prayer of blessings for the business, security, products, installation, and services. I want to launch as soon as the lockdown is lifted. More grace. Praise Botha in Val, South Africa. Well, we pray that your business experiences direction, clarity, favor, connections, and relationships that makes for better productivity and impact in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Still from South Africa, but this time from Limpopo in Modimole. And that Simon Seret Semuima writing. Our global Papa, Dr. Abel Damina, and our intercontinental Mr. Bush. Papa have three questions. Is there scriptural reference of wearing a wedding ring on the left hand second finger? There's none. It's tradition. I have two. I mean, if for me, I have two. My wife gave me the two because I'm almost 30 years married. First one for first marriage, second one when we were 25 years. And I'm sure I'll have a third one by 30. Maybe a fourth one. And <laughs> <laughs> you keep wearing that? It's just culture. Okay. It's nothing. Okay. So, Papa, what does the word seller mean? Is it English or Greek? It's Greek. I mean, it's Bible. It's Hebrew. It means stop and think. You see a lot of it in the book of Psalms. Sure. That is, as you're reading, seller, stop, think over what you're reading. Still from Simon Serese Muima in the Mpopo, South Africa, Papa, Romans 8, 28 to 32, the word, all things mentioned in verses 28, 29, and 30, could they be referring to the same things which are to them who are called according to his purpose? He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, to them he also called, to them he also glorified, and to them he also glorified. When he says all things there, it means all these things. What are the, these things? The pretext will tell you about those things. For those of you for new, he, he predestinated. Those he predestinated, he called. Those he called, he justified. Right. Those he justified, he glorified. glorified. So all of these things work together for our good. That is in the redemptive plan of God, seeing that it was God of his own who for new, predestinated, called, justified, and glorified. We know that God has put those things to work together for our good is salvation okay so simon in limpopo continues and uh, really rounds off for 17 years papa i was given wrong teaching which did not point me to christ i started following your teachings from 2017 november 29 and now my life is so transformed thank you so much i always pray for your family and you thank you papa i love you and your family and mr bush kind regards simon Serese Muima in limpopo south africa thank you simon thank you Okay, so I'm still trying to see where else do we go? Okay, from South Africa, let's go to Malawi. Hello, servant of the Most High God, Dr. Abel Damina. I'm Glasson from Malawi. I follow your uncompromised teachings on KLN, and, as, and they are so edifying. I see clarification on some of the texts in the Bible as follows. Is the gift of faith given to just some people, or not at all? Kindly clarify what Paul meant at, um, or in 1 First Corinthians 12, 9. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 9. Yeah, the gift of faith, the gift of wisdom, the gift. All those gifts are inside every believer. However, those gifts show up whenever the need arises. But there are offices of ministry that you know, some of these gifts are more pro prominent in those offices. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. All of this comes with growth as you grow in the knowledge of Christ and as you grow in serving the brethren. Because all of them are given for service not for selfishness. So as you keep serving, you'll see this gift. You know, Mr. Bush, one of the most interesting thing people don't know is, even if you don't have a, a, you know, an outstanding healing ministry, if you go to a village where the gospel has not been preached before, mm. and you preach Christ, and you pray for the sick, they'll all be healed. Mm. Because that's a demonstration of God's love to draw those people to himself. 
So people who really want to see miracles should go to places where the gospel is cast. They will see the power of God. Seriously in manifestation. Okay, so glass in the Malawi continues. Must every born again Christian speak or pray in tongues? Clarify 1 Corinthians 12, 11, 30 to 31 and Acts 2, 4. Acts 2, 4 was Pentecost and that's the tongues given to every believer. That's what Jesus meant in Mark 16, 15, 16, 17, 18. This sign shall follow all them that believe. In my name they shall speak in tongues. So once you are a believer, you have new life. You have new spirit. You have new tongues. Every born again. But there is the gift of tongues for ministry. These tongues that a believer receives is for the building up of his spiritual life. For me. The other one that is the gift is for ministry. That I will speak in tongues and I will interpret. Which makes it prophecy. Tongues interpretation equals to prophecy. Okay, so um, Glasson continues. Does the Holy Spirit come at the same time as one uh, accepts Christ as Lord and Savior or later? The day you received Christ was the day the Holy Spirit came. It's the Holy Spirit that you actually received because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. So the moment you're born again, you're born of the Spirit. The Spirit of God is what gives birth to you. So you have the Holy Spirit in you the moment you're born again. You have the Holy Spirit. It's just that some people teach that you don't have the Spirit. It's not true. The moment you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit. However, speaking in tongues is what we now call utterance, where you have utterance like it was in Acts chapter 2, or what we call the baptism of the Spirit, which is utterance. In Matthew 10, 5, 2, before he died, Jesus sent out the 12 disciples to preach, heal, cast out demons among the lost sheep of Israel. Were they helped by the Holy Spirit? Or how? Considering it was before the Holy Spirit came. Because they were under the authority of Jesus. He gave them the right to use his name. He gave them the right. So it was not just tongues. It was a right because they were under the umbrella of Jesus' authority. So they could do all that they did. Moses struck the rock twice with the staff instead of speaking to it. But water still came out. Why? Because that's wrong doctrine. Striking the rock means teaching wrong doctrine. When you teach wrong doctrine and you pray for the sick, there will still be miracles. That's why you see, that's where so many people have to be careful with miracles. Because some people think once there is miracle, it is God. It's not true. Sometimes God's mercy and grace will allow people to be sick. Not because what is preached is right, just because God loves people. But however, it is important to always check for what is preached because also in such environments, there could be, you know, a spirit of divination or sorcery in operation. So again, the message is important. That's why the Bible says, you go and preach. Then as you preach, the Lord walking with you, confirming his word with signs and wonders. So let the miracles be as a result of confirming the word of God preached in clarity. Okay, you know, Papa Gladstone in Malawi asked some very intelligible questions. He yes. concludes with this one. I'm hopeful you respond to this email, any WhatsApp contacts for feedback. And then comes back here. And Jesus says, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven either in this age or in the age to come. But no sin is too difficult for God. Clarify Matthew 12, 32 and Isaiah 1, 18. The word blasphemy of the Holy Spirit there means the rejection of Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit is here to glorify Jesus. So when the gospel is preached to you and you reject the gospel, you have blasphemed the Holy Spirit. And if you continue in that state of blasphemy, and the, the end of the world comes, there will be no forgiveness for that. So that's what he meant by it will not be forgiven. So the blasphemy there is a rejection of the gospel. Let's go to Lesetho, and I have uh, 
a guy with a long name. I'm sure he's waiting, uh, complete with his family to see how I go through this one. So boy, Tumelo Sukani uh, writes from Lesetho. Says greetings from Lesetho again to you, Papa and Apostle Bush. Please bear with me. This may take a few minutes to read, but it's important for me. May the good Lord bless you. Glory. Thank you, Sakani. Says Papa, I left the church I was attending. In 2014 until today, I have no church. My family and I have been desperately depending only on your teachings for our spiritual survival and nourishment ever since. It's been wonderful learning and continuing to grow mightily in the word of his grace. God bless you abundantly. Out of desperation and hunger for the word, I tried another church in 2015. It did not work for me because they were teaching another gospel and telling people their phone numbers. So I fled because... I was now grown and knew what I should be fed. One thing I know is that once you follow and understand Papa's teachings, it becomes difficult for you to fit in anywhere else. I've been trying to tell people about Papa's teachings, but people don't seem to understand, or rather they are lazy, because one of the things I've come to realize is that for you to understand and follow Papa's teachings, you have to be very diligent and studious about the word and the study and your intake. Later, Sister Clara joined me and she's just wonderful. I thank God for her. Later again, another sister joined us. We are now free. God bless her soul. So Papa, please advise how we can mobilize and get more people to come to this knowledge. We now feel that we need to have a campus in Lesotho, but again, we think things are not moving as we would want them to. We really miss church and fellowship with other brethren. But Papa, there is no church that teaches what you taught us here. And I don't want to pollute what I have learned for over five years now. Moses dealt with me daily for more than 10 good years. We have nowhere to go. We are desperate. Please advise. All right. What we're going to do is I would like you to send a mail to me, Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. I will get our campus global coordinator to reach out to you people in Lesotho and work out a plan, and then we can begin to build gradually until you have a campus in Lesotho where you can gather physically to worship with There may be other people in Lesotho that have reached out. In fact, I know of some other people in Lesotho who follow me. We can bring all of you together and start a campus. Trison Bwape from Zambia. You were teaching on stopping from, to follow doctrine, teachings of partaking bread and wine as a remembrance of what Christ has done. Um, and you read and taught in the book of Colossians um, 2, verses 15 to 23, of no questions about what someone's done. I don't understand that. Then why are you condemning those who use water bottles, oil, and bagos stinkers? Thank you, man of God. Help me understand well, please. Well, when it comes to doctrinal issues, such questions, you don't ask them like that. Because mm. when you ask such questions, you just make me feel like you really are not serious to learn. There's a way to ask questions so you get proper answers. When you ask questions like, you know, an attack, you really don't get good answers. So my advice to you is, we're not condemning, we're teaching what the Bible teaches. It's not condemnation. We're giving you doctrinal position of scripture for your Christian life. My advice is simple. Go back, look for all that I have taught in the last two weeks or even three weeks. And if you're very honest about your question, Sit down with those teachings. Let's say about 30 hours of the teachings. Sit down with it. If you invest 15 days, two hours every day, two hours every day, you will arrive at an understanding that will clarify what you're looking for because I can't start teaching it from here. Okay, so um, Papa, we'll move to Kenya now. And since my question is related to the Christocentric meal of um, 11th August, 
entitled Ministry of Laying on of Hands. Okay. Yep. Yep. Today. Yep. My question is for new believers, should we lay hands on them for the receiving of the Holy Spirit? Kindly explain the value of this and how to do it, please. Yes. Lay hands on them. Lay hands on the sick people. Lay hands on people who want to receive the Holy Spirit, who want to speak in tongues. Lay hands on them. You know, it's called impartation. And when you lay hands on them, actually, you help step up their faith so they can, you know, receive. So, yeah, why oh, not? Okay, so that came from Charles in Nairobi. So, from Kenya, let's come closer home. Ghana, bless you, Papa. Why did the Holy Spirit inspire prophets to record things that were inconsistent with God's character? Can we take our first caller, Papa, before we come back to you? Yep. Papa Grant is in Ghana. We'll come back to that. But this caller, hello. Hello. Thank you. I'm calling from... You call it, man. Uh, right, uh, the, the doctor was he made mention of carnal knowledge being, being puffed up and the uh, sweeter knowledge. Now, I didn't get the, the real, uh, the, the complete sentence. So I want to get it. Okay. okay, what we're dealing with is we're dealing with Brother Paul's teachings to the church in Corinth. And he said to them that the reason for knowledge is to edify. How does knowledge edify? When you use your knowledge to serve people. When you use your knowledge to reach out to people and be a blessing to them. But when you use your knowledge to oppress people, to cheat people, to oppress people, to deprive people, it is no more spiritual knowledge. It becomes carnal knowledge because you are now using that knowledge to gratify your selfish desires. And Brother Paul calls that idolatry. So knowledge should be for the purpose of edification, should be for the purpose of adding value and being a blessing to the body of Christ. That's what we taught. Pa Grant is in Ghana. Papa, why did the Holy Spirit inspire prophets to record things that were inconsistent with God's character? All right, yes. Uh, look at it. This is what you should be thinking of. Everything is truly stated, but not everything is a statement of truth. That is why the scriptures then must be rightly divided. divided. So it's about explanation and teaching. And that is why you don't just read the Bible like newspaper. You have to be taught. At the end of the day, when you look at it properly, when you're well taught, you see that the Bible is tied together and everything is consistent. Pagrant continues now and concludes really in Numbers 15, 32 to 36. Papa, did Moses really hear from God to stone the guy? That's what he says. If not, who did he take instructions from? I don't know Moses stoning anybody. <laughs> I'm not aware of it. Okay. So, uh, still from Ghana, we're moving to now. My name is Apostle Daniel Owusu. Apostle of Jesus Christ, sir, you've been a blessing to my ministry and me out here in Ghana through your teachings and ministrations. You have made a great impact on my life since I started following you on Facebook and YouTube. One amazing thing the Lord Jesus Christ has done for me through your teachings is that I was having skin infections for five years. I always listen to your teachings and faith I have in Jesus, the rashes on my body is peeling off and I'm developing a new skin to the glory of God. God bless you, sir. And not only that, I have been equipped with new revelation of him, that is Jesus Christ, and I've changed my messages to the message of Jesus Christ. Amen. Apostle Daniel Owusu in Ghana. Congratulations. Congratulations. One last one from Ghana before we move to somewhere else. And this is, um, I'm a pastor in Ghana, yet to start my ministry, but I need prayer and also to be groomed and woven in his word so as to be able to propagate the word in truth and power. Yeah, he just needs yep. the prayer so that he can do well in ministry. Father, we ask that his ministry will experience grace, will experience 
utterance and boldness and he will speak the word in and out of season in Jesus name. Amen. Okay, let's try to see whether we can get to Lagos. I'm trying to look for Lagos. Lagos, here we come. And um, greetings to you, Mr. Bush. Thank you. My name is Eric. I'm writing from Lakey Campus in Lagos, Nigeria. Thank you for reading out my question to Papa and for the good work you're doing. Papa, I would like to use this medium to appreciate our ministry and you, for it has been a blessing to my family and me. You are the Apostle Paul of our generation. My question, you always make reference to the writer of Hebrews without mentioning any name as to whom that writer is. Is there any contention as to who the writer is? If there is, who, in your opinion, is the writer of Hebrews? Well, the writer of Hebrews has not been clearly stated in Scripture. So uh, theologians always debate about that. But to me, from all my study of scripture, I strongly believe it's Apollos who wrote the book of Hebrews because Apollos was brother Paul's companion and he learned from Aquila and Priscilla. So I, I believe it's Apollos. Okay, let's go to a Doste Nigerian. This is Ivan's Odiri Momo writing from Benin City. Papa, the walking Bible. Papa, I want to appreciate you for all you're doing in the body of Christ. We pray that the Lord will continue to bless and increase you and your family in Jesus' name. In case you haven't shared this broadcast before, just push that button of share now. That's right. It's telling the world. Push it, push the button. (laughs) Okay, from um, Edo State, I'm trying to negotiate into Port Harcourt. Port Harcourt, here I come. Papa, I'm very grateful to you for allowing God to use you to propagate this true word of God. I really want to know how one can get the Hebrew and Greek lexicon. Thank you. Bright and Yahoo in Potakot. Hebrew and Greek lexicon. You can buy it online. You can buy it physically, hard copy. Yeah, you know, you can buy it online. Let's move quickly now to... Okay, where you're coming from, Potakot, you have to come through Eket. So yes, let's yes. go, let's stop over in Eket. We're in Akwaibum now. Yes. Ambassador Mark, it's quite obvious that you have the mantle and the mandate to enlighten the body of Christ. I humbly request that you find time to go through the four Gospels, chapter by chapter and verse by verse for clarity. Thank you. Okay. Okay. So, and now we come to you, Peter. Papa, I'm having pains in the eyes and lower abdomen. Please, Papa, say a word of prayer over me. We rebuke the pain in your eyes and in your lower abdomen in the name of Jesus. Amen. And we command your body be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. From you to a back, this is Emmanuel letter in a back. Papa, when I was reading Matthew 24, 13 and Mark 13, 33, I understood Jesus to talk about reward for enduring persecution. But what did Jesus mean in Matthew 24 yeah. by casting a servant who was not able to endure to the end into hell? Well, again, he was talking about uh, his parables. Again, every time you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, his parables. And in the parable, take, you know, you know, there's fiction, there's fact, and there's a lesson. Take away the fiction, take away the facts, look for the lesson in that parable. And since your question is not really clear as to the text, I won't be able to help you with that today. Okay, let's move on to uh, some anonymous entries still, um, I guess, from somewhere now. Kwaibum from Obongobas and Anthony says, Papa, thank you for all you're doing for us. My question is, is gambling a sin? Gambling is choice, personal choice. So when you gamble, make, get ready to take responsibility for the outcome of your gambling. Yeah, I mean, if you want to, it's choice. It's not a sin. It's a choice. It's a choice. Mm, it's a choice. It's a choice. choice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We use still Pius Jacobs, my Didas Carlos, Dr. Abel Damina. 
Do I get that? As teacher, yeah. Oh, did that scholars. Indeed. I learned something myself. Yes. I'm a graduate of religion and cultural studies. I really enjoy your teaching, sir, mm-hmm. and that reminds me of my university lectures, especially when you make references to the Greek and Hebrew scroll. Papa, you should also be a lecturer in the university. That's the Department of Religion. You should be lecturing Old and New Testament survey, the church history, the Pauline episode, soteriology, Christology. May God bless and enrich you more, sir. My questions of late. In my dreams, I do see myself in secondary school, which had passed out since 2010. Please, sir, I'm confused. I do not know the implication of this dream, neither do I know what to do. It's just an old file of your, you know, of your experiences in that school where you were younger or whatever. It's just old files. It doesn't mean anything. So what you do is start, you know, put more word of God into your mind. It will remove those files. And after a while, you won't see that. They have no spiritual significance. Okay, so Pius Jacobs in Uyo continues. I'm a gospel and motivational artist, and I've been praying to God for a job so I can use my salary to invest in my music career or a destiny helper that would invest in my career so as well. So, Papa, I just need either your advice or for you to speak into my career because it seems the phenomenon behind this life is highly spiritual. I strongly hold on to Malachi 3.10, Deuteronomy 8.18, and First Chronicles 4.10. Well, those scriptures are not talking anything that has to do with what you're asking mm. for. Mm. You're, you're just, those scriptures don't fall in place at all. However, I will advise you to look for proper explanation of those scriptures because they don't really affect that. Deuteronomy 8, 18 says, shall remember the Lord thy God, he giveth the power to make wealth. And he was talking about Israel going to the land of Egypt. I mean, going to the promised land. That's what, what the, and if you read the pretext and post-text, it has nothing to do with you getting a job. Malachi 3.10 says, I'll open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. You will not have room enough to store it. Have you ever seen any tighter on earth, any tighter on earth, who is so blessed that there's no room in his house to put it? So those words are not literals. They are metaphors. And that tightening blessing there is not even a blessing. It's just, you know, the law of Moses at work within the people. And, you know, under the law, if you keep one and you break one, you break all. So you don't want to put yourself under the law. You want to come from under that and receive the grace of God and receive the favor of God and walk into God's purpose for your life. So in the name of Jesus, we ask that you grow in grace, you grow in knowledge, in the wisdom of Christ and walk into the fullness of God's purpose for your career. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, still from you, David, Papa, please, can you justify the wearing of cap by bishops in church? Ah, it's dressing. It's dressing. If they want, they can even not wear a cap. They can wear a hijab if they want, whatever they want to wear. I mean, it's dressing. Changes nothing. Okay, anonymous. Uh, Water baptism is a symbolism. It's just a symbol of um, public acceptance of Christ's like life. Papa, please, why didn't you say it's irrelevant? Besides at Pentecost, it was Christians and disciples that gathered for a rekindling of the Holy Spirit and not pagans. You're not being honest. You can't compare water baptism to Pentecost the day that Holy Ghost, you can't do that. That's dishonest. Now, what baptism is, is symbolic for the whole world to see. How many people are there when you got baptized? How many of them? You know how many people in the world? Seven billion. How many people are there? Even up to maybe hundred or something. So it's, you don't need the symbolism. The real symbolism is the spirit of God coming into the heart of a man and living in that man and eventually bringing out fruits, bringing out giftings that makes that man a blessing. That's the real symbolism that should be found in believers. Your lifestyle being a blessing to people. I think there's another anonymous message that I would need to take by this caller. Hello. Yeah, hello. Yeah, thank you for joining us. When are you calling from one minute? Okay, my name is Israel. I'm calling from Spain. You're calling from? Spain. 
It's a parable, parable of Jesus about the guy who, who was covetous. And the man, after he has gathered wealth and all that, he said to his soul, enjoy. And God said to him, you fool, today your soul will be required of you. Jesus was just using a parable to teach, to teach against covetousness. So the lesson in that parable is that you shouldn't be covetous. That's all. Okay, we're trying to prepare. We're taxing to fly out of Uyo, uh, probably to Abuja. But there's this one that we'll take for the road. Grace be with you. I have a question I want to really get off my mind and also to know the truth. In Mark 14, 50 to 52, there is a young man that was mentioned and it was wrapped in linen clothes only. My question is, who was this young man and why was he wrapped in linen clothes? Is linen not used to wrap those who have died in Bible times or those who died in Bible times? Recall that Jesus was wrapped in the fine linen and placed in the tomb. Thanks for reading from me. Looking forward to hearing from you. Well, again, the Bible is not about linen or wool or cotton wool or something. The Bible is the book of Jesus. Leave all those things. They're insignificant. Let's get to Abuja now. Thank you, Papa, for your tireless labor in word and doctrine. Words are insufficient to describe what a gift you are to the body of Christ. You are a rare breed of a pastor and it's a privilege to be taught by you. I don't take it for granted. I have two questions to ask. Would you like to shed light on what Paul meant in 1 Corinthians 6.3 when he said, Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? Of course, he was dealing with issues in the church at Corinth and he was telling them, we will judge the angels, we will judge the world, how much more the things of this physical life. So he was just showing you your responsibility at the end of this life, how you will be, you know, in that place where you will judge the world. But remember, whenever you preach the gospel and people reject the gospel, your message is judgment. See that? So believers are in that place of authority where they will judge angels, where they will judge the world. Therefore, if there are issues in the church today, it shouldn't be bigger than the church to judge the issues. That's what Paul was dealing with, that comparison. And Ob yes, we will judge angels. Obina and Niagolo, who is in Power City, Abuja, now concludes First Corinthians 11.10. For this reason, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of angels. Would you like to explain the context of the usage of, of, the, usage of the word angel in the re referred verse? Thank you, Mr. Bush, for the great work you're doing. Angels understand hierarchy and angels understand order. So he now said that wives should be in subjection to their husbands because of the angels, because angels should not see disorderliness and rebellion and disunity in a home. It can interfere with their activities in that family. So there should be that decency and orderliness. God wants us to be decent in our relationships. The last question from Abuja, Douglas Bosa. Papa and Mr. Bush, great work you both do. Papa, you've been tremendous blessing to me through your messages. More grace, sir. Please, Papa, help me through life on Jude 1, 5. Thank you. I will therefore put you in remembrance that though you once knew this out of the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. That destruction there is the absence of God. When God withdraws his presence because you reject him, that absence is what is called destruction. 
Okay, Papa, we have four minutes to end, and this four minutes we should try and touch the other continents. We're going straight now to Europe, the UK. Daniel, in London, I thank Jesus for your life to the body of Christ. You are such an, a blessing, sir, and I know Jesus is so pleased with you and all that you're doing for his children. We, that's those who are listening and watching you, those who are listening to you and watching you, are praying for you, Jesus alone, glory. My pastor started a series on angels, and he will stay on it for three to four weeks. He said the Holy Spirit told him to never overlook the power of the invisible help, angels, that God told him to study about angels and empower his people about the help of the invisible help. He would have loved the Bible to have more scriptures on angels. Sir, I know God, that the Holy Spirit would not have told him that because it's all about Jesus Christ, nobody else, but Christ, because whoever preaches anything else outside of Christ should be accursed. And the scriptures testify of Jesus Christ and points to him. I'm really concerned and hurt about the members who are listening to this and then turning their focus on angels instead of Jesus Christ. Please, sir, can you advise me on how to go about it as I really want to say something. I'm forever learning and blessed as my family and I listen to your teachings. Keep up the good work, sir, and bless you. Well, great. You already know what to do. You know the truth and, uh, you know, you're working with the truth. However, my advice is, you know, as much as you can, see if you can get some of the materials that we have taught, send them to him as a gift and pray for him. That's the best you can do for now, you know. And uh, if you have opportunity with the other members, see how you can give them materials. Let them also start listening. Maybe if there are more people that come to the light in that church, it will force the pastor to want to listen, you know, to what the message should be. Papa Abel Damina and Mr. Bush. My name is Pastor Everest Chukum. I'm based in South Korea. Once again, my wife and I want to appreciate you for being a blessing to us and to the body of Christ. I've been following your teachings for six years now and I've clarity in the light of Christ. You are a father indeed and also you are my mentor. I love the way you do exegesis. May our Father Jesus Christ reward you on what um, on when the sin shall gather on the judgment seat of Jesus. I'm really following your footsteps, communicating the gospel of Christ here in South Korea. Though it's not easy here because religion has messed up people's mind. Please, Papa, pray for me, pray for my wife to win, so that we can win South Korea for Christ. Thank you, Papa, and continue to remain active in the body of Christ. We love you. Amen. That's good to hear. We pray that you have boldness, you have utterance. We pray that doors open up to you for the advancement of God's kingdom. The message of Christ grows in the nation of Seoul, Korea. And we decree that the darkness gives way to light in Jesus' name. Amen. Papa Moscow, this announcement. Yeah, before we go, yes. I want to announce this for every pastor, church leader in Aquaibom State and all those who are growing in the message in Aquaibom State who want to grow in the knowledge of Christ and get doctrinal clarity. On Thursday this week, Thursday this week, I'll be meeting with all of this category of people here at the Power City International at 11 a.m. on Thursday this week. Wherever you're listening to me, all over Quaibom City, if you're a pastor, you are a worker in a church, a leader, an elder, a deacon, or a deaconess, and you really have questions, or you really are serious about this message, and you want further clarity, we're doing a pastor's Bible study. We're doing a pastor's Bible study on Thursday right here at the Power City International. And I would like to read a phone number for those of you that may have questions you want to ask. You have some things you want to clarify. The phone number is 080-606-800. 080-606-66-800. If you call that number, you can make reservations to be part of the conference on Thursday this week, right here at Power City International at 11 a.m. 
just make sure you are part of that. 60 Days of Glory Studios, everyone here joins me to wish you a smashing time. Pastor I.J. Aquera, producer, thank you. Pastor Dr. Godisman, thank you. Pastor Kimbo Lade, thank you. Minister Eric Xavier, and I think I saw Pastor Obon Connell a moment ago. This is Michael Bush asking Papa to let us go tonight. Oh my goodness. Don't forget to join us 8 to 9 on Inspiration tomorrow morning, 11 to 1 on Radio Aquaibom, 1 to 3 on XLFM, and tomorrow evening 6 to 8 live here on Comfort oh, FM. We're looking forward to seeing all of you tomorrow. And until then, enjoy the grace of Christ. Good night from you, Nigeria. Amen.